In Your Element is a teen-hosted podcast covering conversations with our allies. I'm your host, Abby Jones, and I get to chat with some of the most inspiring educators, creators, and changemakers reflecting on their teen years, what makes them feel the most in their element daily, and things that they wish they had known as a teenager. This podcast is a sister organization with The Element Collective. The Element Collective hosts virtual and in-person workshops providing mindfulness, movement, creativity, fun, and other tools that high school-age girls need to love themselves, own their authenticity, and tap into who they truly are. More approachable than traditional group therapy or school clubs, Element Collective founders Mary Allard and Kylie Roswell base their approach on the five elements and create a safe and playful environment for girls to connect with themselves and others. Because when each of us are in our element, magic happens. If you're interested in being a part of any of the Element Collective events or joining our Element community, like me hosting this podcast, or even Gabby who produced the music that you're hearing now, you can follow this podcast wherever you listen, connect with us on Instagram at Element Collective, or check us out at elementcollective.com. That's E-L-L-E-M-E-N-T Collective. All right, well, hi. I'm so excited to get to talk to you. I've been on your website and been been doing my creepy research. <laughs> and you seem like a really awesome person, very much my kind of person. You seem to be a composer, a teacher, um, a performer, and a facilitator in the LGBTQ plus community, which... I was very excited about. <laughs> and I wanted to get to talk to you today because you are a, a pronouns advocate, as one could say. So what brought you into this form of work? Yeah, thank, thank you for that question. I, I would say I started advocating for LGBTQ plus liberation pretty, pretty young. Um, back in high school, I was touring the GSA Gay Straight Alliance, you know, back in 2010, where there was only three people who would go. And I like called myself an ally, because I'm like, I just really care about these things. Um, and then, you know, I'm grateful for those spaces that are open to allies, because I think they they help a lot of us figure some things out and realize mm-hmm. that, oh, we're actually part of this community. <laughs> and um, that that was part of my way in. And I had other experiences in adolescence that oriented me towards activism, advocacy, and social justice. Um, And it it was pretty formative for me, some of those mentors that I had. And today, that like pronoun advocacy work has like, melded into my professional life. So I serve as the LGBTQ plus coordinator for the Alliance for Suicide Prevention Mm -hmm. in Larimer County. It is quite a mouthful of a title. (laughs) Um, And you know, pronouns is, is something I talk about a lot when I'm giving presentations and educating other members of our community, teachers, counselors, clinicians, and LGBTQ plus 101. Um, we talk about pronouns because 
of, we know from the Trevor Project, which is a national organization. Um, they've taken s- surveys of teenagers across the country, LGBTQIA teenagers. And we know that when trans youth or gender nonconforming youth have people in their life who are respecting their names and pronouns, their suicide attempt rates are way lower than those youth who have no one in their life respecting their names or pronouns. So using pronouns and advocating for the use of, of pronouns and pronoun fluency is, is part of my work in suicide prevention. And, you know, have, having been in, in advocacy work for, for a while, first more as, I guess, a hobby or passion and now in a professional role, I find it really exciting that, like, I can say that, like, using people's pronouns is suicide prevention. And I find it really exciting that we're at a point now culturally where we we have some of this research that is really disheartening and really can be scary, but also can help move people towards change. And I see I see that happening in the mental health world, that more people are orienting to this conversation because they see how important it is in supporting LGBTQ plus people. Yeah, I... I have a large group of friends who identify or are a part of the LGBTQ plus community, including myself. Um, so I have a lot of friends who have a lot of different pronouns and pronouns that change every day. Um, so I know that I still get confused with people's pronouns pretty often and being a part of a community where pronouns are so important can be really difficult. So for people who are just trying to learn and are allies or people who have recently realized that I am maybe part of the community, (laughs) what are pronouns? Just simply, what are they? I mean, it differs person to person, but what are pronouns and why are they so important for other people to respect? Yeah, so so pronouns or gender pronouns, we could say, are a way to respectfully refer to someone in the third person. They don't actually tell you very much about someone's identity. Right. They might indicate some things about their identity, um, but really, it's it's about respecting how someone wants to be referred to. It's kind of it's kind of like a name. And there are some people who don't use pronouns, but the vast majority of people do. Um, so I, you know, I say to to cisgender people like. You, you have pronouns too. You use them all the time. Um, cisgender refers to someone whose gender identity aligns with their sex assigned at birth. So my mom, for example, was assigned female at birth and she identifies as a woman. So we would call her a cisgender woman or a cis woman for short. And the reason, the reason pronouns are so important is because you know, for for myself as someone who's transgender and non-binary, the the pronouns people used to assume were my pronouns didn't actually fit, and they would they would make me feel dysphoric when people would use she her pronouns for me, and I went through quite a, a process of, of changing those and feeling out what pronouns were going to be right for me, but but nowadays. I will introduce myself and say I'm silent. I use they, them, or he, him pronouns. And that means that when you're referring to me in the third person, you can either use they pronouns as in that's silent over there. They're pretty cool. Or you could say he pronouns as well. (laughs) Yeah, he's pretty cool. Um, And that, that makes me feel more seen for who I am. And that makes me feel better in my body and 
you know, I think sometimes for cisgender people, it's hard to, you know, I've heard, I've heard it can be hard to wrap your brains around, you know, why is this so important? Um, because I think when, when your pronouns have been honored your whole life, you don't necessarily think about it, or you might not think about gender as often as a transgender person does. Um, but it's still important to respect those pronouns because it can be a very simple way to help create an environment where someone feels seen for who they are. Yeah, exactly. It's like a three to four to two letter word that simply just is so easy and it either makes somebody feel not great or (laughs) much better. Um, I know that something for people who do struggle with like using other people's pronouns correctly and respecting that people make mistakes all the time. Um, so what is a, a way for, for somebody to respond to somebody messing up their pronouns? And what is a way if you were to mess up somebody else's pronouns to, to say, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll answer the second part of that question first because yeah. it's yeah. easier to answer, yes. but um, and, and that you did remind me of something else I, I wanted to address of just talking about like, you know, how confusing it might be. And, right. um, you know, when people are in fluctuation or they're figuring themselves out and I just, I just want to name that. Yeah. So sometimes, sometimes it can be confusing or if you're just getting used to someone using new pronouns, like inevitably you are going to mess up. I, I mess up even as someone who who practices switching pronouns for people quite often in the work that I do and the youth that I work with. Um, but messing up happens and that's okay. We have all these grooves in our brain that are going towards one location and we kind of have to work on rewiring them and rewiring our habits of how we refer to someone. So if it happens or when it happens and you mess up someone's pronouns, you say, I'm sorry, I meant that pronoun. You correct yourself and then you can move on. Um, my, my friend Kimberly Chambers, who works with Splash No Co Youth, which is another organization here in Larimer County, um, always advocates for CAM. So correct, apologize and move on. Uh, you don't have to give a huge monologue about like how supportive you are. You can, it can just be a a quick thing really. And, um, you know, the other thing I encourage if you, if you notice yourself messing up a lot or you mess up in your head is to, on your own time, you know, practice, especially with like gender neutral pronouns or pronouns you're not super fluent in, like they, them pronouns, for example, to to go home and, and write some sentences using they, them as a gender neutral singular pronoun. Or when you notice you misgender someone in your head, like just take a moment in your brain to correct correct yourself and to start to build some some new habits. So it's less likely to happen in front of, in front of that person that you're trying to create space for. And then the, the first part of your question, Abby, of like, what do you do if someone messes up your pronouns is a much more challenging thing to answer yeah. for me. Cause I think it's really person dependent and it's situation dependent. Um, for myself, I am really bad at correcting people for my own pronouns. Um, but I'm pretty good at correcting other people's pronouns. And usually what that looks like is if I'm, you know, hanging out with family members and they misgender one of my partners, I'm, I just 
sneak in the conversation. Yeah. I say yeah. they, or, you know, if it's a stranger who just like misgendered or made assumptions about my friend's pronouns, I'll, I'll wait for a pause in the conversation or I'll approach them after the conversation and say, Hey, like so-and-so actually uses these pronouns. Um, so I'll, I'll do some of those corrective maneuvers. And, you know, if you do have a person in your life, who is being misgendered by others, like, it might be important to check in with them and say, hey, like, uh, are you out about these pronouns? How many people know? Do you want me to correct people when, when in this situation or in this situation? So getting into some, it's some of the nuance of that, because it can be, it can be more situation dependent when it comes to, um, you know, what if someone misgenders me? Or what if someone's misgendering my friend around me? Right? Yeah, I know, in school, it's um, very difficult because, like, we have GSA club, and so people have pronouns that they're comfortable with there. And then in the classroom, they go by a different name and different pronouns because they're not comfortable out yet. And so it's a whole nother scenario of getting to try to – I like the way you said it, hold space for those people in two different spaces. <laughs> Can I say one, one thing in, in response 100%. to that? 100%. Yes. Yeah. I, I just wanted to, to validate like the fluidity or like the flexibility yeah. of that. And like, you know, I think this conversation can sometimes be a little bit more complicated when we're talking about LGBTQIA youth. Cause you know, the youth I work with are, you know, are just exploring and just like doing so many things with gender that like were not available to me when I was a teenager. Yeah. Um, and I find it really thrilling. And, you know, I work with a lot of adults who find it extremely threatening very and like scary. very confusing, yeah. you know? And um, I think I heard one person joke like, oh, it's better than Sudoku. It keeps my brain sharp to like oh, practice God. pronouns this way in this space, but this way when I'm talking to the teen's parent and this way right, yeah. there and yeah. You know, yeah, I just want to validate that that can be that can be challenging, even for those of us who are, are fluent in that or those of us who are in the community. And like, it's such a gift to provide your friends exactly. that space yeah. to, to experiment and provide a young person or or an, an adult that space to be like, hey, I'm trying out these pronouns, but I don't I'm not ready for everyone to use them right. for me. Yeah. And to to give them that that space to explore and figure out what's going to work out for them. Yeah, exactly. And oh, we're just, we're just going to keep building off of <laughs> these random ideas. Um, earlier you talked about how in order to practice using particularly they, them pronouns are less comfortable for some people. Like in our house, we have smart assistants, Amazon. I can't say her name or else she'll start talking to me, but we all know what I'm talking about. And See, I said she. In our house, we try and use they, them pronouns for for these things because nobody said it was a, a female. It's a freaking robot. And so that's just a way that my family has tried to do it. Um, and it's an easy way to not upset anybody because it's literally just a robot. It doesn't have pronouns. And it's an easy way to use those pronouns in a normal way. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I've also heard of people like testing out pronouns on their pets too. Cause, like, <laughs> I, love I that. don't think pets. I don't think pets care. Like, I have I have one non-binary friend who will like interchange he and she pronouns on their dog, oh my God, which I'm like, that. wow, what a great way to like get 
fluent in like just switching pronouns for a, a creature. I love that. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> um, so what is one thing, if you could go back in time, that you would tell your teen self? What is one piece of advice? It's a very hard That's question. Really- <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is a really good question. And hmm, there, there was so much going on when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. And I was really unwell when I was a teenager yeah. for a lot of years. And I'm trying to like, I, I know my own journey out of that. Like I, once I became an adult and had some more avenues to pursue health but it's it's hard to think of like what what was that message that I needed or that kind of thing but I think I think for myself like my teenage self really needed to hear that I was worthy even amidst all of my sadness and self-harm and suicidality and I think my teenage self really needed to hear that like I had wisdom, like even, even if I didn't feel like that and that I had gifts to offer the world, even if they weren't all like sunshine and rainbows all the time. And uh, the third thing that my teenage self probably really needed to learn about was like the existence of non-binary people. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I didn't, I didn't know that was, that was an option. Um, when I was a teen, I knew of transgender people, but um back in in 2010 the most popular narratives about being trans were some of those stereotypical like i'm trapped in the wrong body right. I, I always knew since i was 4 years old like pretty binary linear narratives which a lot of trans elders had to conform to to access life-saving care um but you know those things aren't true for me so i didn't i didn't really see that as an available avenue until I met non-binary people mm-hmm. um, when I was 19. So having more representation and like seeing more possibilities for what my future could be is a, not necessarily advice, but another thing that would have benefited me as a teenager. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you for, for talking with me. And I mean, we didn't get to talk all that long, but definitely a lot of valuable advice in that short amount of time and valuable information. I appreciate it. And I appreciate you taking the time to come and talk with me. Yeah. I appreciate you too. Thank you. One more thing. Where can the listeners find more of you, your website, Instagram, Twitter, give them the info. Yeah, I, I live a, a number of different lives. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as as you mentioned at the beginning, I, I am a composer and performance artist, writer. So I have a website called silentwellington.com. And my my Instagram is silent underscore creature, but I'm not super active on it. But you can message or email me through both of those means. But those projects are like separate from my right. from my work in professional roles. So if you have more questions about suicide prevention or just resources in the community uh, in Northern Colorado for LGBTQ plus people, adults or teens, you can always send me an email silent at suicide prevent.org. 
our website is also called suicideprevent.org, but I, it's, uh, you know, it's kind of hard to find things on there. So okay. go there if you want, but you can also send me an email if you ever get confused or, or send an email through the, that form on the, on the website. Cool. Well, yeah, thank you so much. And hopefully we'll get to reconnect because I've enjoyed talking. Yeah, me too. Thank you.